Welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, for your host, Paul Marquis. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 219 of the Ortho Eval Pal podcast. I am your host, Paul Marquis. Today's topic sinus tarsi syndrome and what it is. We're going to be discussing the anatomy of the sinus tarsi. We're going to be going over some of the causes of sinus tarsi syndrome, why it is easily missed during the evaluation process, and we're going to talk about how to treat it and so much more. But it's sponsor time, and if you don't mind holding for a bit, we're going to hear a word from our sponsors. At MedCore Professionals, we offer mobility aids, bracing and supports, compression garments, post-mastectomy care, and much more. Your health and well-being are important to us. Your recovery is our priority. Our certified team will guide you to the right products based on your medical needs, recent procedures, or mobility restrictions. Visit us on Route 1 in Scarborough or at MedCorePro.com. We are Mark and Kelly Hassett, owners of MedCore. And we keep you moving forward. This episode is sponsored by MedBridge. Harnessing the power of technology to help you advance your career and improve patient outcomes, MedBridge delivers over 2,000 evidence-based CE courses and more than 7,000 specialized patient exercises available whenever you need them from wherever you are. MedBridge goes beyond CEUs. They're leading the space. From interactive webinars led by top industry leaders to the first ever HEP patient mobile app, MedBridge has taken learning to the next level for over 200,000 PTs, OTs, ATs, SLPs, and nurses, and those they serve. For a limited time, use promo code OEP to receive $175 off your annual subscription. Hello, everyone, and before we get started today, I just want to uh, give a shout-out to our sponsors, MedCore Professionals and MedBridge. Uh, without them and their support, it would be very challenging to be able to continue to do what I do in regards to you know, podcasting, uh, offering content on our YouTube channel, doing online coaching, and all of the other things that uh, I love to do to help bring a little confidence to all of you folks who are looking to improve your evaluation skills in the orthopedic world just a little bit better. So uh, be sure to check them out. I'll have some links in our show notes, and you will not be disappointed. Both of these groups are, are stellar. Uh, I, every time I talk to them, I just I learn more, and uh, they're very helpful no matter uh, what the question is. So uh, be sure to check them out. So back onto our show, we're going to be talking about sinus tarsi syndrome. Oh, my. Um, I love sinus tarsi syndrome. It's not something you see every day, but when you can pick it out uh, and modifying your treatments can be so helpful uh, when, you, uh, when you get this diagnosis and, uh, and you hit it on the nose. So let's first talk about where the sinus tarsi is located, okay? And I think you should try to do this on yourself except for if you're driving in like heavy traffic right now. But you're going to take your index finger, okay? You're going to put the tip of your index finger on your lateral malleolus. So go right down to the tip of the distal fibula, okay? You're going to continue to, to work toward the floor along the calcaneofibular ligament, about a you know, one to two centimeters down. And then you're just going to move anterior to that, okay? And you're now in the sinus tarsi, okay? So in that subtalar joint. If you move the ankle back and forth while, uh, while your finger is in there, you might feel that 
you know, tailless moving out a little bit and in, and there's kind of a divot right there. That is your sinus tarsi area. Okay. So it's very important to be able to, to locate that. Now you need to remember this. Okay. So a couple stars here. Remember that just anterior um, to the calcaneal fibular ligament is your sinus tarsi. So you're next to that CF ligament, which is often sprained, so you can mistake in one for the other, and you're also just inferior to the ATF ligament. So you don't want to mistake in those two, okay, because a lot of people will just chalk this up to, you know, you have another ankle sprain, or uh, this is just an ankle sprain, it'll get better over time. And uh, we need to be able to recognize that there is a difference um, in regards to the location, okay? So what resides in the sinus tarsi, okay? So first of all, it's the lateral edge of the subtalar joint. So you have some, some joint surface there that can get a little impinged. There is a synovium surrounding the joint, so you can develop some synovitis in that area, inflammation, thickening of that synovium, that can be a problem. There are a lot of nerve endings in this area, along with um, a lot of intrinsic and extrinsic ligaments that help to stabilize that subtalar joint. Now, this is an area that, you know, because of the, the high neural uh, population down there, you know, it helps with a lot of proprioception. So when there is chronic swelling, pain, inflammation in that area, you could have a significant decrease in proprioception. And it's an also it's also an area of stability, okay? So if you have some uh, instability of some of those localized ligaments in the region, you can get this excessive motion and then cause some issues in that region. So so with that being said, what causes sinus tarsi syndrome? Now this usually happens with a one-time episode, most oftentimes with an ankle sprain, an inversion ankle sprain with plantar flexion, you know, the most common type that you see. Uh, and you end up with pain and inflammation around that CF and ATF ligament. Uh, you can stress that capsular tissue and cause a lot of inflammation in the region. Now, if you develop some instability, let's say you have a complete tear of your ATF or CF, and there's a lot of instability of the ankle, uh, you could end up with some excessive subtalar joint motion, which could cause some irritation and uh, therefore start up this sinus tarsi syndrome. Now, less oftentimes, but, but quite common, is excessive pronation of the foot and ankle which then overcompresses the sinus tarsi structures. So if you put your finger on that same spot in the sinus tarsi and you evert and dorsiflex, you can feel where you would get some excessive compression in that area. These folks, you know, they have a hard time with uneven ground. They have a hard time with changes of direction. Maybe they'll have a poor functional squat. So when they're squatting, the knees kind of collapse inward. The medial ankle will collapse in. The navicular will drop. And that sinus tarsi gets quite a quite a big pinch to it. And so, uh, you know, those are the two biggest reasons why people develop sinus tarsi syndrome. Now, when trying to differentially diagnose this in the office, maybe you're uh, in, the, in the family practice office, you're in a physical therapy office, chiropractic office, you're an athletic trainer, and um, you're trying to sort this out. Is this an ankle sprain or is this a sinus tarsi uh, injury? Um, one of the things that I like to do is I like to do an anterior drawer and a tailor tilt test, okay? And uh, I want to see if there's any instability going on in there because there is an association with the instability, and sinus tarsi syndrome. 
The next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to get in there and I'm going to palpate. Okay, so I'm going to see, do we have some tenderness in that sinus tarsi? We already talked to you about how to locate it. So again, make sure you're not mistaking that with the ATF and the CF ligaments. I love to see people do a functional squat. And what I do is I will have them squat, ask them what it feels like. And if they feel this pinching sensation in that lateral ankle uh, and their knees are collapsing and the foot goes into pronation, I might take them and put them onto a wedge. And I have these wedges that I use in the clinic. So they're a little higher on the medial side. And I have them stand on that and do that squat again. And if they have a decrease in pain when they do that, that's somewhat diagnostic for me. It's not pinching that side again. So if you want to see what these wedges look like, uh, be sure to get onto my Instagram page. Scroll through. It's one of the first um, Instagrams that I had done. And I have a great picture of the wedge and how that foot uh, kind of functions while it's on it. I use this a lot um, for diagnosis and treatment of patients with foot and ankle and knee and hip dysfunction function actually. So be sure to check that out on my Instagram page. Um, and then I, I always ask about the time frame. And in my head, I ask myself, you know, should this ankle sprain have resolved by now? Okay. Uh, what grade was a sprain? And you know, what is the time frame? Should it have responded? Is there still some chronic swelling in there? And, um, you know, are they still tender in that area? And the other thing I might ask the patient is, you know, do you have any sense of instability? And they come in, they, they will oftentimes say, yeah, I just if I change direction or if I'm walking on uneven ground, it really feels like my ankle is a lot looser on that side or they have pain that causes them a sense of instability. And so those are all quite common. Don't forget now the peroneal tendon resides really close by and so does the cuboid. And so a subluxing cuboid could cause you issues that could look like a sinus tarsi syndrome. So make sure that you review your anatomy when you are taking a look at these folks, and especially if they are not getting better Make sure you're you're nailing the right area when you're doing your palpation and you're doing your your testing. Uh, people with sinus tarsi syndrome oftentimes will have pain with you know passive plantar flexion and inversion also. So it's uh, one of those things that you can uh, test to try to confirm if it's a sinus tarsi syndrome. Now, one of the great ways to help diagnose this is with an injection. So a lidocaine injection. Uh, so refer these people over to the orthopedic office, uh, let them do that. And um, if they have some immediate relief with this, it can be very diagnostic. Now, as far as you know, what to do with these? How do you treat these conservatively? Well, number one, if the foot is an ankle is unstable and that person needs to continue to do activity uh, on uneven ground, then doing like a lace-up brace can be very helpful just to prevent the ankle from uh, inverting and everting too much, too repetitively. I love to put orthotics on people, especially if they do well with that medial wedge we were talking about earlier. Uh, I love to put orthotics on folks with with uh, sinus tarsi syndrome. They really do well. You decrease that pinch with ambulation, and uh, they can uh, get some pretty good benefit from that. Uh, I typically will go with a custom orthotic, which I'll do in my office. Or uh, if uh, that is a little too expensive, then I'll drop them into a pair of like tread labs or something like that. And, um, you know, that's something that gives them some pretty decent uh, medial arch support. And uh, remember, people who wear orthotics are not at higher risk of ankle sprains. So I, I know what you're thinking. And a lot of patients think this, like if you're increasing the medial 
arch height. Um, won't I roll my ankle a little bit easier? And uh, the literature out there really shows that that doesn't happen. Um, although you may feel like the foot is rolling over at first, it's a just a, a brain joint connection thing. After a couple of days, that sensation goes away. Uh, but uh, it puts a subtalar joint in a much more neutral position, and that's your goal. Um, and then you want to avoid activities like excessive plantar flexion and inversion uh, repetitively, even eversion, dorsiflexion. You don't want to cause a pinching or excessive stress to that uh, synovium and that sinus tarsi region. I do not do alphabet spelling with anybody, okay? Um, I The only time I'll do alphabet spelling with the foot and ankle is, let's say somebody comes in and they have... Excuse me, like a uh, you know, like a bimolar, trimolar fracture, and they need to increase that mobility, and maybe they're in uh, a whirlpool tub or something like that. I'll do that, but I don't do it with ankle sprain patients, and I don't do it with patients with sinus tarsus syndrome. I mean, think about it. If you plantar flex and invert, even starting off and doing an A will cause that. You're gonna excessively stretch those ligaments that you're trying to you know, get to heal up and tighten up a little bit. And then if you get up into eversion, dorsiflexion, you're pinching and you're just repetitively doing that. So I don't do ankle circles and I don't do alphabet spelling with the foot and ankle. I just avoid that completely. Uh, I, I think it causes more aggravation than anything. Um, I always make sure that people get good subtalar neutral position when they are gaining dorsiflexion, okay? Because when the ankle is in the dorsiflex position, the mortise is nice and tight. It builds ankle stability uh, on a uh, on a bony level, okay? So I always uh, focus on that too. Then I progress people into, you know, some activities that increase blood flow to the area, so stationary cycling, and maybe I, I might, you know, hold off on some of the heavy weight-bearing type activities, I like to do proprioceptive uh, exercise, but I always start with a fairly stable surface first so that they're not falling into inversion, eversion, or again, uh, dorsiflexion and eversion too much. And then we'll go into a strength training program, both open and closed chain, keeping them in that comfortable range. Sometimes people need a little assistance, uh, you know, on a physiologic level. So some anti-inflammatories can be helpful and injection can help. And and there are some folks out there who uh, need surgery. And then the surgeries are very successful uh, when treating sinus tarsi syndrome. So uh, you treat them conservatively first. If they're not responding, then I'd recommend they see an orthopedist uh, and uh, have that checked out. Whew, there was a lot of information there for you folks. I hope that, um, you know, if you've never heard of sinus tarsi syndrome before, that you uh, take it into consideration next time you do a foot and ankle evaluation and that uh, you follow some of the little guidelines and tips that we talked about today. I'll have a, a video linked in the show notes on an ankle sprain evaluation that I did. I have somebody with a posterior anterior drawer, a positive anterior drawer test coming soon. I, I just have to do a video on sinus tarsi evaluation and, uh, you know, basically what we talked about today. So stay tuned. I'm going to be doing that. And, um, I'll put a link to that, my Instagram page so that you can take a look at this medial wedge that we use. Uh, it's not something that we sell or I make money on or anything like that. I had a, uh, I had a patient of ours make them for us out of wood. Uh, very simple to do, but I'll tell you what, they, they help with the diagnosis. They help significantly with the treatment for many different issues. So uh, be sure to check that out. So again, folks, thanks for listening to the Ortho Eval Pal podcast. I really appreciate you being there and listening and sending all your questions and comments. And, um, 
Um, if uh, I don't uh, get a chance to talk to you before the holidays, uh, I wish you all the merriest of uh, holidays, and uh, I hope that you're all happy and healthy, and uh, take care. We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com. Can't wait to see you there.